Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Ministry, amen, of this church tonight. Hallelujah. To hear what God would have to say, amen, through Brother Mason. Amen. Will you receive him and the Lord tonight by giving God a hand clap of praise as he comes to minister the word of the Lord this evening? Mighty God, we serve. Many things God has done this week. Amen. Fear of cancer has been annulled. Other things that God has intervened with, He has done a great work because of the prayers of the people of this church. It's amazing what happens when God's people pull together. And if you, if you question the validity of that tonight, uh, let me reaffirm for you, it's, it's powerful and it's real. Uh, we need each other. We are seeing the prophecies of the Bible, old and new, fulfilled right before our eyes. Uh, our civil liberties are being taken away from us perhaps quicker than what some of you ever imagined it would. We need each other. But more importantly, I need God. I need the Lord in my life. Don't you agree with that tonight? If you need the Lord in your life, could you lift your hands one more time and let's just call on His name together right now. Father, we love you. In the name of Jesus, God, arrest the attention of your people right now. Minister our minds. Help us, God, to be attentive to your spirit right now. Oh, God, we want to hear from heaven tonight. Hallelujah. We need to hear from you tonight in the name of Jesus. Let the glory of God be in this house tonight. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. The book of Psalms, chapter 77. The book of Psalms, chapter 77, beginning with verse number 1. Uh, The Bible declares, I cried unto God with my voice, even unto God with my voice, and he gave ear unto me. And in the day of my trouble I sought the Lord, my sore ran in the night and ceased not. My soul refused to be comforted. I remembered God and was troubled. I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. Selah. Thou holdest mine eyes waking. I am so troubled that I cannot speak. I have considered the days of old, the years of ancient times. I call to remembrance my song in the night. I commune with mine own heart and my spirit made diligent search. Will the Lord cast off forever? And will he be favorable no more? Is his mercy clean gone forever? Doth his promise 
fail forevermore? Hath God forgotten to be gracious? Hath he in anger shut up his tender mercies? Selah. Watch verse number 10. And I said, this is my infirmity. But I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. This is my infirmity. A very interesting passage of reading in the book of Psalms. It is a, a song, almost a song of remembrance to a day gone by, to a challenging day, to a valley-ridden day, where the writer even questioned at one point, is God's mercies for me, are they gone forever? And he closes this song with saying, this is my infirmity. I will minister tonight with the help of the Lord Almighty this thought, your infirmity is not your identity. Your infirmity. I want you to turn to your neighbor tonight where it's appropriate and I want you to grab their hand and I want you to declare to them vocally your infirmity is not your identity. And now I want you to lift hands together and I want you to pray for one another that God would go before us by His Word right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we declare it by faith in Jesus' name. Ha. In the name of Jesus, speak that which needs to be spoken tonight. God will magnify you, will praise you for it. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, if you believe it by faith, you can be seated tonight. If you don't believe, you can stand for the duration of the message. Your infirmity is not your identity. I want to take a few moments to pause here and just slowly enter into this message tonight if you'll allow me and indulge me an opportunity to read this from the Amplified Bible. It says, I will cry to God with my voice, even to God with my voice, and He will give ear and hearken to me. In the day of my trouble I seek, inquire of, and desperately require the Lord. In the night my hand is stretched out in prayer without slacking up. I refuse to be comforted. I earnestly remember God. I am disquieted and I groan. I muse in prayer and my spirit faints. I'm overwhelmed. Selah. You hold my eyes from closing. I am so troubled that I cannot speak. I consider the days of old, the years of bygone times of prosperity. I call to remembrance my song in the night. With my heart I meditate and my spirit searches diligently. Will the Lord cast off forever? He goes through the questions again. And will He be favorable no more? Have His mercy and loving kindness ceased forever? Have His promises ended for all time? Has God deliberately abandoned or forgotten His graciousness? Has He in anger shut up His compassion? Selah. And I say, this apparent desertion of Israel by God 
is my appointed lot and trial, but I will recall the years of the right hand of the Most High in loving kindness extended toward us, for this is my grief, that the right hand of the Most High changes. There is a story of, an, of a very famous oil field called Yates Pool. During the Depression, this field was a sheep ranch owned by a man named Yates. Mr. Yates wasn't able to make enough on his ranching operation to pay the principal and interest on the mortgage, so he was in danger of losing his ranch. With little money, little clothes or food, his family, like many others, had to live on government subsidy. Day after day as he grazed his sheep over those rolling West Texas hills, he was no doubt greatly troubled by how he would pay his bills. Then a seismographic crew from an oil company came into the area and told him there might be oil on his land. They asked permission to drill a wildcat well, and he signed a lease contract. At 1,115 feet, they struck a huge oil reserve. The first well came in at 80,000 barrels a day. Many subsequent wells were more than twice as large. In fact, 30 years after the discovery, a government test on one of the wells showed it still had the potential of flowing 125,000 barrels of oil per day. And Mr. Yates the man who barely had two pennies to rub together, the man living on government subsidy, the man living with old clothes on his back and no, no food on his table, he owned all of it. The day he purchased the land, he received all of the oil and mineral rights that went with it, yet he had been living on relief. A multi-millionaire living in poverty. The problem was he didn't know the oil was there much less that he even owned it. Ladies and gentlemen, if we are not careful this evening, we will find ourselves in a very similar spiritual condition of poverty where that we will be without and we will not recognize we've got the, the God that owns the cattle on a thousand hills. We've got the King of kings and Lord of lords among us. And if we are not careful this hour, we will be rocked to sleep by this age and we will forget that our God has it all. He knows it all, he supplies it all, he gives it all, and he is able. This story is a type and shadow of the church today. Many of us become so consumed by our infirmity that we cannot see the riches and the beauty and the bounty of the glory of God's greatness that surrounds us every time we come into his house. God's not without. That, that's something we need to remember today. God's not without. When you think God is without, He's just as great as He was. When you have hit rock bottom and you think nobody cares, God still cares as much as He did when you were tiptoeing on top of the mountain and shouting jubilee. 
God still cares. We must be careful, ladies and gentlemen, in this hour to not let our focus be, be shifted off of God and onto the beggarly elements of this world. God still cares for his people as much today as he did yesteryear. God hasn't give up on you. You're in the right place at the right time for God to tell you he loves you just as much today. Just as much. Infirmity, according to Greek translation, is a want of strength. Now, when I say the word infirmity, we often probably think of, of sickness and disease. And although that is a component of it and definitely included in it, we cannot subtract it. Infirmity goes beyond just your sickness. Because there are many things that ail God's people today that are not physical. A whole lot of it's right here. The war of the mind today is much greater than the war of the flesh. Or the war on the flesh. But infirmity, according to the Greek, is a want of strength. It is indicating the inability to produce results. Infirmity also means feebleness of mind or body, a difficulty, a weakness, a disease or sickness, which we often think of. And it also, infirmity also represents doubt. Infirmities are seen through scriptures in many different ways. In Proverbs 18 and 14, the Bible tells us, the spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit who can bear. Now, I have read that scripture. I, I can't count the number of times in my life I've read it. Pastor, I've heard it preached. I've heard it taught. I've preached it even myself. And generally speaking, all of my focus has been on the second half of that verse about the wounded spirit and who can bear it. But something stood out to me this afternoon as I was reading and, and, and mindfully praying about this service and it just really jumped out to me that the spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity. What are you saying, Brother Mason? I'm saying this. Whenever we don't stay close to God, the spirit that drives you is that of your flesh. The spirit of man. And it is the reason, this is the very reason why some people can't shake depression. This is the very reason why some people can't shake sickness. This is the very reason why some people cannot shake certain things that haunt them daily is because all they're consumed with is the spirit of a man. But ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce you to the man, the Lord Jesus Christ. When you get the spirit of Christ in you, then this world doesn't matter. The spirit of this age doesn't matter. And I can overcome my infirmity when I am walking in the spirit of the Lord. Could you lift your hands and just love him together? Hallelujah. I, I feel to a certain extent that, 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 that I, have been, I have been fought against this week. I have been battled this week regarding this message. I have been attacked physically in my body this week because of this message.
I am attacked right now in this moment because of this message. And I am still intending to stand here tonight and to declare to you by the word, spirit, and power of God that he is able to address every infirmity that you have. The infirmity that you have. The infirmity that you have in your body and in your life is not greater than our God. The infirmity that we carry in our daily walk is not greater than our God. For our God is more powerful and he is greater than every sickness. He is greater than every disease and I've come to declare tonight flat footed that I'm tired of the spirit of man sustaining the infirmities of God's people it's time we get the Holy Ghost alive in our house that God can heal save and deliver it is not the will of God it is not the will of God for you to be attacked every day. I am not here to preach health, wealth, and prosperity. But I am here to preach the word of God. That he is able to do exceeding and abundantly. Woo! He is able to do exceeding and abundantly above what we ask or think. I should have known this wouldn't be easy because this is the stronghold our enemy has on God's people. This is the stronghold the enemy has on God's people to keep us from believing. If we're not careful, we'll be rocked to sleep with disbelief after you've received. Well, I, I didn't come to kill what's gone on for the last two weeks. But I'll tell you tonight, receiving is not your ticket to heaven. There's a lifestyle we must live. There's a life of submission and consecration we must live. And it must be important. Because the writer Jude, only 50 years after Pentecost, declared that we must earnestly fight for, contend for, and fight for the faith that was once delivered, that once had only been 50 years. So apparently it's important for us to understand receiving is not indicative of our ticket to heaven. If receiving was all it took, a sorcerer who received and was baptized in Jesus' name would have never turned right around and said, let me give you money for this power. He had received the same thing you and I had received, but he still didn't have what he received controlling him. And what I've come to declare tonight to God's people is we need to be under submission to the control of God in this hour more than you ever have. Because if you do not declare it with your mouth and in with your life, the spirit of man will take over your infirmity. Luke chapter 13 and verse 11 says, And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years. 
and was bowed together and could in no wise lift up herself. John 5, 5, and a certain man was there which had an infirmity 30 and 8 years. Romans 6, 19, I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members servants to righteousness unto holiness. Ladies and gentlemen, it's very simple tonight. I've not come to preach that sin is the representation of sickness by no means but we must understand today that there is a difference in getting in the spirit at church and living in the spirit in our life there's a difference in huckabucking on a Sunday night and feeling all good and great and that's wonderful and we need to do it more often but there's a difference in that and declaring the spirit of God to be the active participatory agent in your life directing every footstep you make ordering your steps on a Monday morning when the church folks aren't around there's a difference in letting God order your steps every step you take has to be ordered by almighty God And there is a difference in that than coming to church. Somebody clap for the Lord. I have not come to preach down to you. To our guests who do not know me, please do not misunderstand me tonight. I am mad as a wet hornet, but it is certainly not at God's people. I am mad at our adversary tonight. I'm not preaching to you this evening. I'm preaching on behalf of you. And that is because if we are not careful today, our infirmity will overtake our spirit. And our infirmity will no longer just be a symptom of who we are. Our infirmity will no longer be a a, a byproduct of something we have to endure. Our infirmity will represent the fiber of our being. And every step we take will be represented by our infirmity. Every move we make will be represented by our infirmity. Every move we choose not to make will be as a direct result of our infirmity. And ladies and gentlemen, I've come to declare that that's not the will of God in our life. God doesn't want your infirmity to be your identity. God wants his name, his stamp, his seal of approval and righteousness. God wants his, oh my God, I feel the Holy Ghost tonight. God wants his name and his blood applied to your life to represent everything you are. If we are not careful, we will be rocked to sleep by the spirit of this age. And we will be consumed with negativism on social media. If it depresses you, log out. If you can't stay saved and serve Facebook, get rid of it. I'm on it, and I'm going to be as positive as I can be. I'm going to be as righteous as I can be. Because what we stand for will change to accommodate the infirmity if we allow it. The antagonist of our soul, Satan, is real. And he has an ability. He has an ability. 
He has the ability to oppress you. He has the ability to possess you. He has the, the ability to suppress you. He has the ability to confuse you, to trouble you, to frighten you, to lie to you, to deceive you. You notice none of this is good stuff. None of this is good stuff. If you ever want to know if it's God or the devil speaking to you, put a gauge on whether or not it's good or bad. Because he's not capable. Number one, he's not capable of telling the truth. But number two, he's not capable of telling you something good. And if Satan himself was standing before you quoting scripture, that does not make him an angel of light. He's putting a twist on it somewhere. And if you don't believe me, ask Eve. The devil has an ability. But for every ability he has, the church has authority. We have authority over the devil's ability. I I know you're hearing me because I've got a loud mouth, but I don't think it's registering yet. We have authority. Authority. Look at your neighbor tonight and say authority. Let me demonstrate authority to you. Authority is when an employer tells an employee, go do this. Now, if they want to keep their job, most don't say, I don't want to. Every employee in the house could say amen. It doesn't matter how high up the ladder you you climb, you still have someone saying, do this. I've got a sizable number of people at work. Brother Zach's one of them. Love you, man. I've got a sizable number of people at work that it is my responsibility to direct. But in all of that, whenever I'm standing in my boss's office, or whenever he's standing in mine, And he's saying, Jerry, I need you to do this and I need it by tonight. It doesn't matter all the authority I have over 60 plus people. All that matters in that moment is mano y mano. I can't say, but but, but, but boss, I've got authority over people. In that moment, the right answer is, yes sir. With a smile on my face. It may be a fake smile, but I'm still going to smile because I was taught to. Because I was taught my Christianity means just as much at work as it does at church. Don't worry, I won't stay there long. I, I'm just tiptoeing through. We just, we just passed the, the exit, okay? Don't anybody get mad or uncomfortable. I'm not going to stay there, although I would really like to, but that's not what I come to preach tonight. In that moment... All that matters is the authority that that one man has over this one man to tell me what he needs done 
and expecting the results to happen. Ladies and gentlemen, let me declare to you tonight very boldly and very affectionately that you as an individual, as long as you are where you need to be in God, you have the absolute authority. You have untapped resources that you are not using because you, not bishop, not pastor, you have the authority to say, devil, get out of my house. You have the authority to declare healing in Jesus' name. You have the authority to say, Satan, get out of my mind. I've been covered by the blood of the Lamb. You have the authority over every ability your enemy has. Romans 8, 26 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself. That's God's Spirit. The Spirit itself. That's not the Spirit of man. That's the Spirit of Jehovah God. The Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. My. It is amazing what God has done this week. We were in, those of you that were here Wednesday night, you know your version of the story. But we prayed and we declared in unity that we were going to pray again. Was it the next day? Or Friday? The next day. And I was scared to death that I was going to miss being a part of this. I set myself an alarm on my telephone. Because I, I, Brother Freddie, I know what my schedule's like. I know as soon as I hit the door of my office at work, it's it's uh, it's crazy till I get home. So I knew if I'm going to participate, I've got to consciously do something. So I set an alarm on my phone for five minutes before, and whenever the alarm went off, I stopped what I was doing, and I went somewhere where I was by myself and started sending up some timber. And I know there were others. And I, I felt a unity in my spirit in that moment. And I knew there were other people praying. And I knew that God was doing something. I didn't know what it was. I don't pretend God, God, God didn't speak to me prophetically and say this is what's going to happen. I just knew that the church body was praying. I could feel it. And, and, and I'm sure some of you could as well. And God delivered. Amen. God delivered other happenings that have happened through this week where we can undeniably say God delivered. What I've come to express to you tonight is that those particular instances, great as they are, are simply the scratch of the iceberg. If we will make up our minds to stop allowing our infirmity to determine who we are. I, I know it's rough pre preaching with flesh. I understand that. 
And it's hard for us to imagine sometimes that we can be anything different than what we are. But again, I'm preaching for you, not to you. Because it's easy sometimes when you're wrapped up in infirmity to forget who you are. I've come to be a voice tonight to remind us that you are a child of God. He's not happy with you living below your potential. He's not pleased with you living below your potential because of an infirmity. Maybe your infirmity is a sickness. Maybe it is a diagnosed issue that your physician has said, this is something you have and you'll have it till you die. Maybe your infirmity is doubt. Maybe, it's, maybe you've got two infirmities or more. Maybe you have a sickness and you have doubt on top of it. I'm not come to condemn anybody. I'm battling something physical in my body right now that you don't even know about. Just to preach this message, I was fine till I walked to this pulpit. And I'll tell you right now, in the name of Jesus, the enemy's a liar. Oh, I feel, I feel something special in this house tonight. Oh, I wish you'd just tap into that right now and lift your hands for a little moment. Come on, let's praise him. Let's praise him. Somebody declare it with your voice. It'd be all right right now if you just stand to your feet and lift your hands. Somebody declare faith right now in this house. Declare it. Declare it. Declare it. God wants to hear you say it. I believe it in Jesus' name. I'm not going to let my infirmity become my identity. God is greater. God is greater. God is greater. I'm coming to a close. You can remain standing. We're going to do something special here in a moment that I felt the Holy Ghost speak to me about a couple of days ago. Sister McGee, if you'd be making your way downstairs, please, we're going to need you in a moment. The Bible says in Luke 13 and 11, And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity. I want you to, I want you to understand the wording here. I'm, I'm slowing down on purpose because I want you to get it. It does not say she had a physical ailment. She had a spirit of infirmity. She had a spirit on her that made her think she was sick. That doesn't make her a bad person. It doesn't make her unsaved. It doesn't make her... It just, she had a spirit of infirmity. We've all met and probably joke. I've got some in my family 
we, we've all probably met, joked, and laughed about those family members we have that if it can go wrong with them, it goes wrong with them. And we, we sometimes pass that off as funny and we laugh about it and it's a little comical and then we go on about our way. This woman had a spirit of infirmity for 18 years and was bowed together and could in no wise lift up herself. And when Jesus saw her, oh, when Jesus saw her, he called to her, called her to him, and said unto her, Woman, thou art loosed. Every infirmity that bound her spirit was released from her in that moment. I've come to declare tonight, I think we need to take war on our adversary. We are living in serious times, which calls for us to be serious Christians. Call it fanatical if you want. We need to be tapped into the vein of the Spirit and allow the Holy Ghost to operate in our life. I, I, I know you're standing. I'll be quick. We're going, we're going to close here in just a moment. Is this all right? Can, can you stand with me for just a few minutes? I've, I've been standing longer than you. And my entire room's going this number. So if I can do it, I hope you can too. About six weeks or so ago, we come home from camp. However long it's been, it's irrelevant. But we come home from camp. And my wife walks into the bathroom. And she sees a spider. Now, every man that's in this room that's married can probably sympathize with me for just a little bit that when your wife says it's a big spider, you're like, uh-huh. Really? Now, I have to be the Steve Irwin of the house. And I'm hoping someday not to be impelled through with a, a starfish or whatever it was. But if there's, if there's vermin on my property, I have to kill it. My son don't even help me. He's still in training. We're going to get him there one of these days. Brother Andrew McBroom, I walked in to that bathroom, master bathroom, right six feet from my bed. I walked in, and there he was. I walked in, and I said, whoa, thank you, Jesus. I got a picture of him on my phone. At at his breadth, he's, he's got to be the biggest spider I've ever seen that I wasn't behind a three-inch glass at the zoo. He's at least three inches long. His body was, right now it feels like it was that big, but he's big. We missed him. He crawled back down behind the sink. Now, if that don't give you the heebie-jeebies... Minutes from going to bed. And when you're me and you sleep, you don't wake for anybody or anything. So all I could see was that old dude just crawling up. So I'll tell you what I did. I, I, I'm hurrying on. I prayed a prayer. I didn't feel the heavens thunder. I didn't speak in tongues. I didn't tap into the prophetic ministry of the hour. But I prayed a prayer. 
And I said, Lord, I need you to help. I had no clue what kind of spider it was. Never seen anything like it in my entire life. I know it's not very long, but I haven't, I've never seen it. I didn't know if he's poisonous. I didn't know if he took one bite of you, he'd rip your kneecap off. He's big. I said, Lord, I need you to help me get him to protect my family in Jesus' name. I'll tell you, I text Pastor about this a couple of days afterwards and I told him about it. With a picture, yeah. Let me tell you something. I felt the Holy Ghost speak to me. Now, I am not one of these guys that goes around saying the Lord spoke to me all the time. I am trying to be better about practicing that when I feel like He has so that in my personal walk in ministry with God I can be more obedient because I've had a breakthrough in my walk with God this summer and, and, and I thank God for that and I intend on keeping that but the Holy Ghost spoke to me and the Lord spoke to me and He said in the middle of the night you're going to come in and I'm going to place this spider in the, inside the sink and I'm going to show myself to you now Brother Freddie, I'm going to be honest with you. I just got through saying a quick, almost now I lay me down to sleep prayer. It's just real quick, God, please help us, protect us in Jesus' name. And I was done. I thought to myself, yeah, right. Yeah, that's you, Lord. And then I convicted myself real quick, and I thought, oh, what if it is? So I decided in that moment, I'm going to accept that as the voice of God. And I'm going to walk the rest of this night by faith that God's going to do what He just declared He would do. We went to bed. I, I, I don't know, did I tell you that yet? I didn't tell her yet. I didn't tell her it was, it was over. That was my lack of faith. I wanted to see demonstration before I told her. We went to bed. I woke up at 3 o'clock in the morning needing to visit the facilities. And as soon as my foot hit the floor, I thought, oh, no. What if he's there? And something prompted me in that minute and said, that's where I said he would be. I went walking. We keep a, a nightlight on in the restroom. Otherwise, we run into doors. I walked in there, and I reached over, and I flipped the light on, and God is my witness there that dude was, and he was right where the Holy Ghost said he would be. Inside the sink. Our sink goes down. It's the dumbest sink you could ever have. It don't drain well. It's flat in the bottom. It goes down, and boom, there he, there he was in the bottom of the sink. And I said, whoa. Yes, Lord. I grabbed me a thick wad of tissue. <laughs> Two-ply. I'm pulling it off the roll, wadding it up, and I'm trying to get in Miyagi mode because I'm figuring I've got to go quickly because he's fast. Dude never moved an inch. I'm convinced God had him paralyzed. I went, whoop! Squeezed. Because I had a good thick wrapping, threw him in the toilet, flushed him down and said, thank you, Jesus. Yeah. 
told you that story for this reason. If God cares that much about something that simple, how much more does he care tonight in this service where the unction of his spirit and anointing has failed? How much more does he care in this hour to declare to you, his child, that your infirmity is not who you are? We're going to do something. I, I, need, I need Bishop, Sister McGee, Elder Sister McGee, Pastor Sister McGee, my wife, if you would come. We are going to close this service with an old-fashioned prayer line. And I'm not going to tell you what God's going to do. I just know He's going to do something. We don't need music for it. We can't be in two places at one time. But I am asking you by faith tonight in the name of Jesus, if you have an infirmity of any type, I'm asking you to come on this side and begin to walk this direction and we're going to lay hands on you as you pass through this line and we're going to pray the prayer of faith and declare that God is going to deliver you. Somebody say amen. The book of James, you can go ahead and start lining up if you need to. The book of James declares, is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the Lord shall raise him up. It is the divine word of God that you allow God to minister to your infirmity. Don't allow what you're going through to become the identity of who you are. That's just a byproduct. We're going to do it right now. Bishop, lead us off. And we're going to pray as you're walking. Why don't you pray? Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.